HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, welcome to Japan Needs. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, and izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I will try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Keizo Shimamoto, who is the owner of Go Ramen and the inventor of a famous ramen burger. Ramen has become so popular here in the U.S., but you can find many different kinds of ramen. But Keizo's ramen is particularly unique, and we'll talk about his passion for ramen and how he invented ramen burger and much more. So it's going to be a great show. Okay, so welcome to Japan Eats. Hi, thank you for having me. So I heard that uh, your parents are from Japan and uh, you are fluent in Japanese. So where did you grow up? I was, I was born in Huntington Beach, California, and I grew up primarily in Southern California and Los Angeles. Mm. Okay, and uh, what did you eat when you grew up? Uh, mainly Japanese food that my mom cooked at home uh, when I was young, and then, you know, typical American food, going out with friends, eating hamburgers, eating burritos, hot dogs, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, but I heard uh, you often uh, visited Japan to visit relatives, your parents, uh, parents. And yeah, I'm second-generation Japanese-American, so, you know, my parents often took me back to Japan to visit my cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff. So, yeah, I experienced both cultures as a young kid. Mm. And did you like the Japanese food there? I... Not at first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the stuff, yeah, I was very picky as a child, and the stuff that they would 
like try to feed me. I mm. didn't know what it was, so I refused to eat it. Oh wow! <laughs> and being a stubborn child, uh, I basically went hungry when I'd go to Japan. So, mm. but did you eat ramen there? Uh, yeah, definitely. The that the whole thing was my mom was worried about me not being able to eat while I'm there, so she took me to a ramen shop hoping that I would um, enjoy that and. I, I did. I, that's what got me hooked, and I, I still vaguely remember that very first bowl of ramen I ate. Really? Yeah. Oh, was it the soy based or? Yeah, it was Tokyo style soy sauce base. Oh wow! So that's like a eureka moment, a moment yeah. for you. Yeah. Hi, amazing. And you went to uh, UCLA uh, with the major of math and economy, and after graduation, you worked at uh, as a financial analyst and system programmer. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Definitely after college, it was it was difficult to find a job because it was right after the tech boom and the tech oh, collapse. Right. Um, so I went into the mortgage industry and mm. I did a little banking, you know, subprime mortgages. Uh, worked my way up from just a regular analyst all the way to a senior analyst with, you know, as a manager position. Wow. Um, and then that's when the whole subprime meltdown occurred. Oh wow! <laughs> right. Well, that was a very dramatic moment. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, definitely. Mm, and then uh, in 2007, uh, while you were in that position, uh, you started the blog GoRamen.com, which is uh, really fun to read. I, <laughs> I just couldn't actually stop reading it. So, yeah, why did you start the blog? Uh, to put it quickly, after like the whole subprime collapse, you know, I, I got laid off from my job, and I went from job to job, and all these companies that I started to work for would go bankrupt, like mm. right after the other. So there was one job where I was held on the bankruptcy retention team, and we basically didn't have to do anything but show up and surf the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and if the lawyers asked us for something, like we would research it. But basically, you had eight hours in the day to mm. surf the internet. And myself, you know, I didn't feel like uh, I was doing anything productive. So um, there were people around me and. Like creating different types of political blogs, and you know, and then I found out about food blogs, and it was just at that time when you know food blogs were starting to get noticed, mm. and you know, I had this love for ramen, and I had nothing to do, so I would go on my lunch break to go eat ramen at different <laughs> shops, and then I thought, hey, I, maybe I'll start a blog about it, mm. blog about ramen. Oh wow! So that's uh, the blog about your your favorite places. Uh, it started off as just. You know, a, a, an obsessed ramen eater, where I would just go out all over Southern California and try to find every single shop that had ramen and eat it and blog about it. Mm. Um, and it eventually turned out to like more of an obsession, where I would go to Tokyo, learn more about ramen there, come back, travel even further, mm. like Las Vegas, you know, to uh, San Diego, just to try every single thing I can get. Mm. So I uh, I would suggest the uh, listeners to visit the blog Roman, and it's it's really amazing, well analyzed and very precisely passionate. So thank you. It's amazing. Okay, and then um, what is so special about ramen to you? Then I don't know. It's just uh, whenever I eat ramen, it just takes control of me in mm. some way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's almost as if like ramen has been calling to me. At, my whole life and you know telling me to go into this business somehow i never knew how i would do it but it just felt like starting the blog 
and doing all these different things, it kind of led me to the position I am now. Mm. And I never really planned on being here, but mm. um, I always knew that I wanted to do something with ramen. Right. So you're, you're more fascinated by uh, culinary side, like the depths of, you know, the profoundness of uh, the, the soup and... Definitely. Like starting out as a blogger and going to different shops and eating and tasting different types of ramen... Um, that intrigued me to really know more, get to know more about the culinary side, about the ingredients and how to prep it and, you know, the techniques that go into making it. So I think that's how I, I never really thought as a blogger that I would become a ramen chef. Mm. But as I got more involved, it kind of led me to want to know more and want to make my own ramen. Right. Interesting. Okay. And then uh, in 2009, uh, uh, you took a 28 day trip. 28 days and uh, visit 21 cities and ate five, 55 bowls of ramen, according to your blog. So, yeah. why did you take the trip and um, how did you see? What did you see? Well, it started out with a visit to the Shin Yokohama Ramen Museum. Mm-hmm. In, in That's a, a famous ramen museum. Yes, right? it, it's, it's been around for I think about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And it really opened my eyes to what ramen really was. You know, I grew up eating ramen in Tokyo. And in Los Angeles, and my parents would make me instant ramen mm-hmm. all the time too.、Um, but going to the museum and taking a look at the regional map where you see all the different styles of ramen,、mm-hmm. and just even visually, they look very different.、Right. So that is what you know, intrigued me to take a trip around <laughs> Japan and actually try it for myself. Like, I wanted to know more about、oh, the、wow. different styles.、Mm, just to confirm what、yeah. it is all about. Uh, so, did you see、uh, like diversity, actually, diversity of the ramen? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it really opened my eyes. And it, I think it's, ramen is kind of like a miracle type of food. I mean, it resembles like, us as humans in a sense where you go to a different region and it takes on you know, the region, the personality of the region,、mm. like、the people, the ingredients, you know, the weather. Like all different kinds of things. Because、mm. it's such a casual, less expensive food, you have to have、uh, seasonal ingredients and local ingredients. So it's kind of local, sustainable food in the first place. Yeah, and what, what's more interesting is like these pockets of communities, they think that their style of ramen is the only style of ramen.、Mm. And they, a lot of people don't travel around, like even around Japan. So. When they, like a Kyushu, someone from Kyushu who's、mm-hmm. normally eating tonkotsu ramen,、mm-hmm. he'll go to Tokyo and they'll say, like, show you ramen. And they'll be like, what's that? That's not ramen. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, that was the most、uh, amusing part of the whole trip.、Mm-hmm. Interesting. And did you, see any,、uh, did you find any, like, most unique or your favorite style of ramen throughout the trip? Yeah,、um, I grew up on the Tokyo shoyu, so I'm always. I'm a, I always love like, drinking shoyu.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the soy sauce. Like, <laughs> yes,、uh, the soy sauce flavor like, I'm addicted to. So,、mm-hmm. all the places like in Asaikawa, where they have tonkotsu shoyu,、mm-hmm. um, Wakayama has、mm-hmm. a good tonkotsu shoyu. Like, all the, the rich shoyu flavored ramen were、mm-hmm. my favorite. Interesting. Wow. So, even if it's the same soy, you know, the Hokkaido and the Nyakyoto, those different. But w e s p a r t different kinds of soy flavors. Yeah, well, that's another thing about like, what I learned too. Like, in America, we only have a few types of so- soy sauce,、mm. and they're mainly like, huge manufactured brands. In Japan, you have these small shoyu factories 
all around the country that are producing a different type of shoyu.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, that that amazed me too. Right, because they the the family runs maybe centuries, and then they have their own koji mold. Yeah. So they have a, a unique flavor. Yeah. Right. Okay. And、uh, so in 2009, you you actually went to Japan and stayed there for four years. So、um, why did you go to Japan and what what did you what did you do? I think after the whole subprime meltdown, losing my job, and then taking the trip to Japan and seeing not only just the different styles of ramen, but really grasping a sense of my culture, like、mm-hmm. being second generation, growing up in California, I. Was never really fully American. I was never really fully Japanese. But when I went to Japan, I kind of understood, like what my parents would tell me about、mm-hmm. for for the longest time. So、uh, that propelled me to actually want to live there and immerse myself into the culture, as well as learn ramen at the same time.、Mm. So ramen was a good tool to. Immerse yourself、yeah. in the Japanese culture. It's the best tool, <laughs> right? And but、uh, did you have a job or how? I did not have a job. Like on the trip, I went to various different ramen shops and you know pondered asking them、mm. for a place to work.、Uh, at the time, my I wasn't comfortable with my conversational Japanese to really approach、mm-hmm. a, a ramen chef over there. <laughs>、um, but it just so happened that you know. I knew about Ivan Ramen, Ivan Orkin from Ivan Ramen,、mm-hmm. and you know we became friends on this trip. I went to his restaurant, we talked, and he actually jokingly like offered me a job. <laughs>、um, I didn't take it seri- like I didn't take him seriously until I got back to America and really thought about I wanted to move to Japan. So I did ask him if you know if that offer was still standing.、Mm. I would like to take it. And it, it did. Yeah, and he.、Wow. Yeah, I, I ended up because of the whole being Japanese. Like I'm not.、Uh, I'm a U.S. citizen. I don't have dual citizenship, but since my parents are citizens of Japan, I can get that child of Japanese national visa.、Mm. So, and that will allow me to work and live、oh, three、wow. years at a time. So that 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 part was easy. And then, like Ivan just said, as long as you can pull off the visa, like come over, I'll、wow. take care of you. Interesting. And then,、uh, so you worked at Ivan's、uh, store or any events or what kind of work did you do?、Uh, the first week we that I worked was probably the hardest when、uh, he started this Tsukeman festival,、mm-hmm. and that was a week long. So that really kind of immersed me into the the、mm-hmm. whole working ramen culture really fast. But、oh, wow. so Tsukeman, I think maybe you can explain what Tsukeman is because it's not a very popular or known here, right? Yeah.、So. At that time, tsukemen was really starting to take off in Tokyo, and tsukemen is a sort of dipping、mm. ramen. So the noodles and the broth are separate, and usually the, they put more emphasis on the noodles because,、um, like, they're thicker、mm. and they're chewier. And you basically—it's almost like zarusoba, but you know, it's you take cold noodles and you dip it in a hot broth、mm. and slurp it. Right. Okay, so that's why、uh, the texture of the noodles is more yeah、uh, important. Yeah.、Mm. Okay, and then、um, so did you keep working for Ivan? For yeah, I worked for Ivan for about four months.、Um, he taught me a lot of stuff.、Uh, definitely, there was、uh, more that I wanted to learn, and as I was like living there,、uh, more people approached me about 
wanting me to work for them. And one of the shops was Bossa Nova in Tokyo.、Mm. So they saw you, how knowledgeable you are, how good, and how you're a hard worker?、Uh, I, I don't know if they saw that, but I loved eating at Bossa Nova.、Like mm. I lived nearby, and usually after work, working at Ivan's all day, I would go to Bossa Nova to have a bowl of ramen.、Mm. And then I became friends with the chef. And that chef at the time, he was considering. Going back to Kyushu, his hometown, because、mm-hmm. um, he, he had only taken over the shop as manager for like two years. And he, he, had his family, he left his family in Kyushu, so he wanted to go back.、Mm-hmm. And it was that time when he asked me if I wanted to work there、mm-hmm. so he could go back. Okay. So the, I think、uh, Basanova is kind of a different kind of ramen shop, right? Maybe you can just tell us. Yeah, Basanova、uh, has. The roots were based on a tonkotsu ramen shop,、um, but they had a lot of influences from different chefs and different managers over time. And they introduced like a, a tonkotsu and a wadashi、mm-hmm. style, and then also an interesting green curry ramen and a tom yum ramen.、Mm. Oh, it's like a Thai. Yeah, Thai influence. How come? I, I never thought of that. That should work actually. Yeah, I mean, it actually worked very well. And like the green curry ramen is kind of what put Bossa Nova on the map. And that's the ramen I first fell in love with when I ate there. So,、mm. yeah. so it's like a thicker, hot green curry style ramen? It's, it's interesting because, you know, if, if you were to ask me if I like green curry, I would have probably said no.、Um, but when you try the green curry ramen, it's. It's like a perfect blend of the Thai green curry plus the Japanese dashi、mm-hmm. and the tonkotsu soup. So it, it really blends together really well. Oh, wow. Okay. We might see some copies after this show、yeah. <laughs> in New York. Okay. And、uh, so eventually you became the head chef at、uh, the Bossa Nova Ramen、yes. in Tokyo. So how did it happen and、uh, what was your responsibility? Well, I actually ended up leaving Bossa Nova after the first year. So I worked there for a year, and a different ramen shop asked me to go over there. And so I did.、Um, but at that time, the Bossa Nova manager who had taken over after I left,、mm. he wanted to quit as well. So,、mm. <laughs> so the, the owner of Bossa Nova, he called me, because the owner is not the chef.、Um, so the owner. Called me and he said, Keizo, I need your help. Can you come back to Bossa Nova and become the manager? So that's when I agreed to come back, and、mm. that's when I became the Tencho the、mm. manager. Right. Did you cook as well? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was basically me doing all the prep. So like, I had to start from scratch and like, hire people and You know, work with them and teach them and、mm. really run the restaurant. It was my first experience running a restaurant. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Right. And、uh, you even have a short movie about your experience at the Basanova Ramen. And I think、uh, it's called、uh, Ramen Dreams. And、yeah. it's the winner of the best short film at t- 2012 New York City Food, food, food Film Festival.、Yes. So maybe you can tell us about that. Yeah, Ramen Dreams was a short film、uh, directed by Michael McAteer. And he actually was a customer of Bossa Nova who would come in. And since I have a Japanese face, 
note, and I work and speak Japanese with my coworkers, uh, no one really knew that I spoke English.、Mm-hmm. So, Michael is a American that grew up in t- Kyoto.、Mm. So, he has an American face and he speaks fluent Japanese.、Right. So, that's so, the opposite combination. Yeah, opposite <laughs> of me. <laughs> and that's, that's how we kind of became friends and like, got along. But he would come in as a customer and he wouldn't know that I spoke English. So, he would order and eat and leave. And then one time there was a rock band that. Came in Tsubasa Nova 2 from Arizona after reading my blog. So,、uh, Michael McAteer ended up coming in when that rock band was there, and、mm. I was, he saw that I was speaking English to them. And then he goes, What? You speak English? <laughs> 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 and that's how we became friends. And he did a little filmmaking. Like he was an、uh, actor in Japan and did some film work. So, He's like, I need to make a film about you.、Mm. <laughs> and he's like, I have a friend who is part of the Food Film Festival in New York, and he said I could like, enter this film. So I want to do it about Ramen Dreams and Keizo. And、mm. that's, how, that's how it happened. Right. Yeah, I think、uh, the listeners like it because it's, uh, it's uh, only seven and a half minutes, but、yeah. it's very inspiring. So、uh, it's、uh, ramendreams.com. Yeah.、Uh, you can watch the whole movie. Okay, and、uh, let's take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll talk about Keizo's unique invention, ramen burger. So please stay with us. Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Have you listened to A Taste of the Past? It's a show devoted to connecting our current food world with its storied past. Host and culinary historian Linda Palaccio welcomes chefs, scientists, authors, scholars, and revolutionaries into the studio to discuss food culture and history from around the globe. Have you seen the culture of food change over the past 25, 30 years? It's been incredible. Linda covers content ranging from the history of black chefs in the White House to behavioral psychology and the evolution of Italian food in America. You can listen to a taste of the past anytime on heritageradionetwork.org or on iTunes and Stitcher. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Keizo Shimamoto, who is the owner of Go Ramen and the inventor of the famous ramen burger. So,、um, you came back to the US in 2013. Because you learned、yes. enough about ramen in Japan and you wanted to open your ramen shop in the US?、Uh, 
not exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not as glamorous as it might seem. Uh, as when I was working for Boston Nova, uh, these two investor type people wanted to take Boston Nova to New York. Mm, sounds uh, like a good idea. Yeah. So once uh, once they found out that I am a U.S. citizen and that I speak English and that I have this blog and like a following from Ramen Dreams and stuff. They thought it would be a good idea to include mm, me in right. bringing Bossa Nova. How do you best do? So, so that's how I came to New York is you know helping them bring Bossa Nova. Mm. Okay, and then what happened? Well, I don't know if I can say, but okay, <laughs> but well, nobody's uh, listening. <laughs> uh, eventually, yeah, the the partnership soured, and you know every creative person has different ways of thinking. Things and wanting to do things, so it's mm-hmm. just sometimes like partnerships don't work out, and that's kind of what happened with Bossa Nova. Right? Yeah, it's very common in food business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then. And then I was unemployed mm-hmm. and pondering moving back to Japan, uh, but my fiance, who is my wife now, uh, she came with me to New York. Uh, This time to study ballet over here. She was a principal ballerina for a company in in Japan, so she wanted to study more out here. So she signed up for a year to、uh, study, and you know I I didn't want to leave her here,、mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to figure out something. And you know I had this ramen burger idea in my head for quite a while because in Boston Nova we used to like in Boston Nova in Tokyo we used to play around with the idea and. Uh, the actual f- bun as a burger,、um, I wasn't the first to come up with that. There are several places in Japan that were doing that,、um, but I think I was the first to put an actual burger patty、mm. in between it and call it a ramen burger. Okay, right. So when the initial thing, you, it's in your head for a couple years already. So you're. Getting ready and yeah, right before we or right before I moved to New York,、uh, I did this Vice Japan Munchies episode,、mm-hmm. and during that episode, the the director wanted me to do some sort of unique snack at the end.、Mm-hmm. So it's based upon going to your favorite restaurants and then going back to your shop、mm-hmm. and having a party with friends at the end. Right, by the way, listeners, it's very fun episodes. <laughs> like, yeah, very、website. very funny. Yeah, so, what's the title? How can we search that episode? I. I think it, it, it's titled "Drunk Chefs Make Ramen Burgers in Tokyo." Oh,、uh, okay, yeah, that was really a lot of fun. So. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs>、uh, so that's when、uh, I was kind of forced to develop a better technique in making the ramen burger. And、uh, you know, people ask me how do, how do you make the bun, and you know, I tell them it's a trade secret.、Um, and they have all these ideas on how I make it,、mm. uh, but it, it's really more about A technique, and you know something that I grasped while I was doing this filming、mm. or prepping for the the filming of Munchies. So, right, okay. And then, how did you bring it to the actual business here?、Uh, well, I had my friends,、uh, my friend Kenshiro Uki from Ramen Lab. He had a booth at Smorgasburg,、mm-hmm. and you know he's let several people. Um, borrow the booth like Yuji and like Yuji Ramen,、mm-hmm. uh, and like they would get successful off of it. So he approached me and said, "If you have, you know, if you're not doing anything, you could do a ramen pop up、mm. in the booth. It's、right. open." And 
I was thinking, hmm, I could do ramen, but what if I did the ramen burger? Mm. So I asked him to give me noodle samples, and I would, you know, form the bun with different types of noodles. And then I walked to the supermarket to buy some ground beef and made a patty. And I made several different versions of mm. hamburgers with the noodle buns based upon like my memories of eating burgers as a child growing up in California. And obviously, like In-N-Out Burger was the most inspirational to me. So I tried to make an In-N-Out style ramen mm, burger. <laughs> nice. Unfortunately, it looked good on the internet, but it didn't taste as good because it was missing like this Japanese part of it. Mm. It was too American. Even though the bun was made out of noodles, it was too American. So that's when I kind of figured out, you know, I love shoyu ramen, so I need to make some shoyu-flavored ramen burger. Mm. And I came up with the secret shoyu sauce, as I call it, to put on the ramen burger. And once I did that, you know, it felt like everything came together. And I took a bite of that first ramen burger I made. Like, I was by myself in mm. my living room on the couch. And, you know, I just knew right then <laughs> that it tasted so good to me that I knew I had something. I, I, I never thought it would explode like this, but I definitely knew that the ramen burger was going to be good and people were going to like it. Mm. I wish uh, somebody filmed it, the yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, well, so you said uh, Kenshiro Gilba uh, San Nuro. San Nuro is really a kind of big cheerleader of this ramen culture. So, yeah, yeah he, Kenshiro came to this, this show a while ago. But, uh, so that's uh, one thing. And uh, Smogasburg... Uh, I just wanted to ask. So the Smogasburg is an incubator. It's known as an incubator of successful food business. So was it very hard? I mean, you know. For me, for Ramen Burger, it was actually quite different mm. uh, because of the Kenshiro connection with the booth. It was like we bypassed mm. the whole selection process. Okay, actual testing, yeah. tasting. So okay. once once we got the okay for me to pop up in the Sun Noodle booth, then that's basically when I announced it on my blog. And then just two days later, it went viral. And we, mm. went, we went on Good Morning America that morning. Of, and uh, that's when basically Smorgasburg <laughs> was like, you guys need to make more burgers. Like, you can't just make 100. <laughs> wow. How many did you make then? We ended up making 150 on the first day. Wow. And... Uh, we were very inexperienced and we didn't have the proper cooking like grills and stuff so it took forever just to grill like a few burgers mm. so even with 100 only 150 it probably took us like six hours to finish oh wow um, but you know or right. maybe not six hours but it, it just felt like six hours mm. well smorgasburg if uh listen to us if you haven't been there so basically that time was uh, outside summertime only weekend yeah food booths and so many different like i think 50 to 70 different kinds of uh food vendors so it's a very competitive because there's so many options but you attracted probably the longest line in the whole smorgasburg yeah i i think so um looking back at it now it was really really crazy mm. and uh even on that first day like it was raining and people waited in line for four hours five hours wow like just to try it so mm. so how do you describe so basically um to uh you know we describe it you know it's uh the 
kind of like a shaped, like coin shaped noodles, and you, it's a seared on a hot pan. How do you make it? The yeah, the the bun is is round, um, and basically, I take the bun after it's been formed and I lightly pan sear mm-hmm. it. Right, it's a regular ramen noodle. Right? Yeah, like it's a fresh curry. ramen noodle, mm-hmm. uh, not instant. And I put sesame oil on it, and then lightly pan sear it on the griddle, and it gives it a nice color. Uh, on the outside, so it's a crispy texture on the outside, like not not like deep fried crispy, but just a slight crispiness on the outside. But the s- middle of the bun still is chewy, mm. so you get that uh, they call shokkang yeah, <laughs> in Japanese. Mouth feel, yeah. the tooth feel, I would say. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's like it's just like a noodle. Mm. Okay, and then the regular beef, uh, the beef uh, I. I actually take pride in the beef. It's certified Angus beef uh, made from Schweiden Sons, that formerly Burger Maker. And I've had a relationship with them from the beginning because as I was trying to assemble the burgers, like I had no idea how to source burger meat. Mm. I, I'm a ramen guy. Right. <laughs> I've never made, really took uh, the time to make burgers. So, you know, I had a lot of friends from the Food Film Festival, like George Motes, who's mm-hmm. the director of the Food Film Festival. He's big in burgers. Uh, Rev Ciancio is another burger blog guy. Like, they were both of my friends. So I just reached out to them and said, hey, I need help with burger meat. Where can I go? And they recommended Burger Maker, who is now Schweiden Sons. Mm. And Schweiden Sons has been great. They've been loyal to us. And we really work on, you know, the, the patty. Like, you, not, you can't just go out and buy a burger patty and have it look like my ramen burger. Like, it's actually designed to kind of be the same shape and style mm. of the ramen bun. So, uh, that it really, I, I put more thought mm-hmm. into the burger than people give me credit for. <laughs> mm, okay. So, well, you have to eat it just actually really... Yeah. Capture it, yeah. And I, 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 I think I had it before. I have to say, and it was, uh, you know, like a bun is like you said, it's not as uh, crunchy you'd expect, but that there is a kind of like a brioche bun texture to me. Outside, it's a slightly crunchy, and inside, it's like a softer. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I got lucky. Somebody bought it for me, so <laughs> I didn't have to line up. But. Okay, and um, so where can we find your ramen burger right now? Uh, right now, we are pretty much exclusively at Smorgasburg and the Brooklyn Flea mm-hmm. on the weekends. Uh, I do have a delivery business out of my central kitchen in Long Island City. Mm-hmm. So people living in Long Island City are lucky enough to order it online through Seamless every okay. day. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And uh, Smorgasburg is expanding. So where exactly is the location that you can... Uh... Uh, right now, we are Saturdays at Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And Sundays, Inside. outside. Oh, it's in, outside. Yeah, we this just started. this was our yeah first weekend outdoors mm. uh, this past weekend. Uh, so we'll be outdoors for the rest of the summer until November. Mm. And Saturdays are at Williamsburg at East River State Park, and Sundays are at Prospect Park. Mm. And we're also doing the Brooklyn Flea Saturdays in Fort Greene and Sunday in Dumbo. Oh well. And come June, uh, Smorgasburg goes to L.A., so we'll be doing the L.A. Smorgasburg mm-hmm. and also the upstate Smorgasburg. Oh, wow. Upstate? Yeah, upstate oh. New York. 
Is it done? Like it's a done deal. It's gonna come. Upstate? Yeah, it's supposedly starting the first weekend of June. So. Oh wow! Where's uh, upstate? Uh, it's in Kingston. Hmm. Wow. I don't know the exact address yet, but. Mm, okay, so they go to Smogasburg website. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, great. Okay, so you must be really busy making. Yeah. The- <laughs> well, it's our third year, our third full year. So, you know, I have a full team of specialists, I guess, to help me like expand on the business. So mm. it's been a it's been a nice ride for us. Right, and uh, you have another project, like a ramen shack. Yeah, I'm, because I'm more of a ramen chef, you know, I, I constantly try to create traditional styles and different styles of ramen. Uh, ramen really influences me. So I, I created a new concept last summer called Ramen Shack, and that debuted at the Smorgasburg in Queens. Unfortunately, Queens Smorgasburg is not being continued this summer. Uh, but throughout the indoor Smorgasburg, I, in the winter in Industry City, uh, you know, I was able to do ramen check and build a following off of that. So, mm. so Industry City is in uh, uh, the lower downtown Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. And then uh, it's such a cool new vendor area for Smogos of Brooklyn Free. Yeah. Right? So, and what kind of uh, ramen do you serve there? Well, we started out with like the classic chukasoba, the Tokyo style shoyu ramen. Mm. And I've evolved it over the weeks. And constantly changed did, did specials and eventually it ended up having a total of 22 different ramen on the menu mm. in a small seven seat yatai right. shack <laughs> right yatai yeah. such a yeah maybe you can talk about the yatai culture quickly yeah yatais are you know in japan there used to be a lot of these like in in a hakata along the river you, you would have yatais that just kind of they're basically carts Mm. that wooden carts that people set up at night and they are able to cook noodles and soup and you know people come and sit down at these carts just to eat late night ramen Mm. Uh, you have these pop up like around tokyo too Um, unfortunately the yatai culture is sort of dying in japan Uh, but i thought it'd be interesting with the flea market and smorgasburg to kind of replicate that Mm. somehow Right, because it's a very intimate and street food, yeah. you know, casual, fun part, but then the chef is right in front of you. Yeah. And uh, it's very cozy, it's very family kind of style. Right. Okay. And uh, so, do you, are you making a more creative style ramen or classic now? Right now, it's more classic, but, you know, I've, I've eaten different styles of ramen all over the country, all over Japan, all over America. And, you know, I try and take those influences, you know, based on what I ate and to kind of come up with my own style and a different style. Mm -hmm. So I'm always experimenting. Uh, Ramen is such an amazing food that it allows you to sort of experiment with different types of things. Mm -hmm. And because so many variables come into play, even if you switch one variable, you can come up with a different type mm. of ramen so it's really interesting like that right like a spider web in a way yeah. right. so what is any example um i think you know when i i the most popular ramen on ramen shack's menu is the tonkotsu tantan mm. um it's the spicy pork uh, you know influenced from the chuka style the chinese style ramen mm-hmm. to japan and basically 
I think what makes it the most popular is because I take every single ingredient and try to make it on my own. And so I break it down and figure out instead of buying, say, like a chi majan, which is a sesame paste, instead of buying that, I'll try and figure out how to make it on my own. Wow. Uh, the rayu and the ground pork seasoning and stuff, like everything is made from scratch. So that that's what, like, mm. you know, makes me want to learn more about ramen and about certain foods and being able to create it from scratch. And also, I think. I probably sell the cheapest bowl of ramen in New York. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, I'm trying to keep costs. Obviously, I don't have to pay the high rent of a brick and mortar Mm because it's just uh, in a market. Um, But I'm always trying to, like, see how we can get the best quality out of cheap ingredients. Mm. So it doesn't have to be, like, expensive ingredients. Because ramen, the spirit of ramen in Tokyo, you know, everything, it was born off of like scraps and cheap ingredients like mm. people would just have leftover bones so let's just make soup right. and then it just started getting better and better and better but not necessarily better by using better ingredients it, it got better by paying attention to the details and using different techniques mm. so i think i try to study more about the different techniques first and then the ingredients. Mm. So the, what you've done so far is like uh, deconstructing uh, ramen and then probably re-engineer ramen to make it exactly. new style. Right. And, well, you mentioned uh, Japanese ramen, but how do you compare ramen culture between here and Japan? Uh, it's an interesting question. I think uh, the fans of ramen is basically... Everyone gets addicted to ramen and, you know, they become a ramen freak after eating it because it's just such an awesome food. Um, The culture is definitely a few years behind in America compared to uh, Japan, Um, but it's catching up slowly. Like you have America hit it off with instant ramen cup noodles first. So you have that stigma that people think ramen is instant ramen. Mm. So as that, like in the bigger cities, as real ramen like nama ramen becomes more popular like that gap kind of shrinks and uh it's it's no longer just instant ramen like instant ramen is great but it's no longer just known as instant ramen Mm. and you know it it builds its own culture Mm. after that right yeah like uh, if you go to japanese supermarket there is a crazy gourmet instant ramen it's not instant anymore yeah although the mate the time it takes is instant yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh but I think you know that the eating culture here it's more like dining out, but ramen like yatai you said or regular, you know, station ramen shop in Japan is such a fast food. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like a a snack like mm. where after a late night of drinking you're still hungry. Mm. You on your way home you'll just stop at a ramen shop or a yatai and just slurp a quick bowl it's a very fast food type of style where you walk in you order you get your bowl within like a couple minutes and then you finish in like 10 minutes and leave right yeah that reminds me of like, you know if you go to italy and then you order espresso you have a quick shot and leave and yeah. then in japan it's like uh, it's not so cool to stay like a lingering in a store yeah. in japan at the ramen shop but it's interesting that there's a flourishing dining culture of Brahmin in this country. 
Yeah, it is interesting. It's more approaching the izakaya style mm. than the actual ramen shop style. And I think that might have to do with because in America, you have more space and restaurants are generally bigger. In Japan, you have these small five-seat ramen shops that, you know, people, they, they know that they shouldn't stay there mm. and sit there as like very long because if people are waiting outside you know the the shop won't make any money if you just sit there the whole time so Mm. i think the japanese people are kind of groomed to think oh i need to just eat real fast and leave so the next person could eat and then leave (laughs) Mm -hmm. right there's a community you know aspect the courtesy aspect of it that is true um but how do you um predict or hope to be you know the american the ramen culture is going to be like uh which direction was completely different thing i think it's doing fine on its own right now uh as long as people enjoy the ramen they're eating uh it will begin to resemble japanese culture like in probably in a few years from now uh because you'll have more ramen shops opening and more smaller shops opening and people will start understanding how to eat Mm. the ramen like as a food, like a fast food type thing. So uh, I, th- I think it's fine as it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so um, what's your plan? My plan is interesting. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of ideas on where I want to see my business grow, um, but a lot of it is centered around really creating a foundation and from that foundation seeing where that will lead because... Uh, as I learned from Ramen Burger and being su- successful so fast, uh, we were always like a step behind trying to catch up. Mm. So once, like I feel now that I'm, I've just started to catch up. And of course, like everyone says, oh, the Ramen Burger hype's going to die eventually. Um, I don't think so, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe it will. So we, we But that's a build. very unique spot. I yeah. think it just stays as classic. <laughs> yeah. But also, I want to build the ramen business and not only build my own business, but I want to help out other business. I want to, you know, really teach what what I feel ramen is to everyone, to anybody that I can. So uh, I have a I started a central kitchen in Long Island City and I'm, I've begun to build a wholesale business where I can help out other ramen shops. You know, I can either make soup for them or help them develop different recipes of ramen. Uh, the way I see things, it's like I want to uh, help somebody do ramen right. Mm. And since ramen has become so popular, you have many people trying to do it without knowing how to do it. And uh, I think I would want to help them. Not saying that I know everything about ramen, but you know, I, I feel that I have this connection with ramen where I'm still learning every day from mm. just my own experience and from you know my friends in japan my mentor and stuff so you know i want to pass on that mm. knowledge to right. other people so it's in a way it's a cultural ambassador slash consultant maybe an instructor there's so much to do yeah i'd just be like a ramen friend <laughs> <laughs> right okay um thank you for joining us today Thank you for having me. Okay, so where's the best uh, website to find you, the latest, your latest? Well, I have a few. So the goramen.com is the blog, uh, ramenburger.com 
shows all our locations for Ramen Burger. I have Ramen Shack NY, or RamenShack.com that will show the different places Ramen Shack will pop up. Mm. Uh, recently, we popped up in Lumpia Shack in the West Village, and we might continue to do that every Sunday. Mm. Uh, so stay tuned to that. Excellent. And you can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, Go Ramen, right. Ramen Burger. Okay, so good luck. Thank you. Right. Um, so, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show, please contact us at heritageradionetwork.org. And Japan News is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritageradionetwork.org, iTunes, and Stitcher Podcasts. And uh, today's uh, engineer is David Tatsuyore. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.